0: welcome in everybody we're back the fantasy football debaters two of us live in studio today andrew how's it going I'm doing well, and this is our last episode of the season. Yep, well, we'll do one more. We'll do one more next week for those Week 17ers out there. Oh, the Week 17ers. Well, this is the last real one. Yeah, this is (laughs) the last episode for people who actually play fantasy football. Yes. Not the clownness that goes on with Week 17 championships, but this is the championship week. Hey, congrats Uh, if you've made it this far. Yep. Unfortunately, we're going to have to say that Andrew has been eliminated, but he got top four. And Matt is I am is yet waiting. to be eliminated. I am up, just a quick update, I am up by 12 points, and I have nobody left, and my opponent has Giovanni Bernard, who needs 12 points. So, we are recording before that game. Actually, should be starting right about now, but yeah, we're waiting to see what happens there, so... Fingers crossed for this guy here. One other item of business we'd like to attend to is we have recently had a co-host that has just hung up his cleats for the podcast, and we just want to give a quick shout out and tribute to Max. Max has decided to call it quits here for personal reasons, so we appreciate having you, Max. We're going to miss you. You've been a great host, and good luck with your endeavors. Don't forget you can also comment like <laughs>
1: subscribe everything to yep. us Max if you yep. have any questions comments concerns we Debate are here topics.
0: for you topics yeah we're here for you buddy We'll miss you though So you're down to 3 of us Chris couldn't make it today but you got me and Andrew Yeah,
1: yeah Chris wanted to really badly actually be here tonight but things didn't work out nope but well, he did send in his picks
0: this time so yeah. we'll, so
1: we do we'll get his input his intelligible input and he on. will
0: he will not be here to defend himself so we can shit all over him and he won't be able to say anything until after the fact so all right. anyways let's just get right into it yep i'll start off with quarterbacks here on yes. our top performers of the week yep some two very crazy performances josh allen 37.66 andrew had him, still lost <laughs> ryan Tannehill, 37.02 huge game for him In a win over Detroit. And then Jalen Hurts with 33.82 points. So a big game for him. He lost to Arizona, however. But, yeah, it's three very big performances in the playoffs here.
1: Absolutely. So for the running backs, we have David Montgomery as the top back with 28.2. Yes, sir. We like to see that. We love to see that actually
0: and i love it even more and number 2 is actually a pretty
1: surprising name here we got tony pollard with 25.2 crazy and i don't know about you but i didn't even know tony pollard was going to be starting that game i didn't know zeke was going to be out otherwise i would have picked him up
0: yep i believe he was a game time decision yes
1: so we'll we'll have more on him later but surprising name and then number 3 not so surprising Derrick Henry with 23.2, so Matt had the first and the third back for yep. running backs. That's uh, pretty good. And all right, for
0: receivers,
1: yes, receivers,
0: we had not very big performances by the receivers this week, as it seems all season. But Kelvin Ridley was number one with 22.3 only. DeAndre Hopkins was number two with 21 on the dot. And Zach Pascal, surprising name, caught two touchdowns with nineteen point nine. So a little bit su- surprising of a name there, but not not huge performances by the receivers this week.
1: No, it seems like the running backs have consistently been the top performers, but the the quarterbacks made a surprise uh, visit. Yes, this time. they did, and. I just want to talk about tight ends because I know it will make you mad. So let's mm. let's talk tight ends. We I'd got, prefer
0: not, but let's do it. We got the
1: number one tight end with Darren Waller getting 21 points. Crazy yeah. day for him.
0: Against me. Yes. Not a fan of Darren Waller as of this moment. <laughs>
1: I am. I like him. I like the guy. But number two, we got Travis Kelsey. Not so surprising. 14.8. And then Noah Fant creeping in number three with twelve point eight.
0: Yep he got he got most of the targets in a game that I decided to start Tim Patrick. My heart hurts from that one, but let's get let's just take our minds off of that. Let's get into the waivers. Absolutely, oh, man.
1: waiver wire, and so. For this, obviously, we've come to a point where this waiver wire has to be a start, as there is only likely one week left for
0: you. So these, we don't have to say it twice, but these guys you are putting in your lineup right away. You can put them in. You're not stashing anybody anymore, obviously. So my first waiver wire is going to be Le'Veon Bell. He is forty-three point six percent owned. He had thirteen point six points against New Orleans, who was the number two defense. He had a touchdown. So he's got... I did not write down who he plays, unfortunately. I will find that out for you. But Le'Veon Bell, because of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire getting injured in this past game, you're going to have to check out his injury status going into it. But if Edwards-Hilaire isn't in to start, then Le'Veon Bell is definitely going to be in your lineup here. He does play Atlanta, who's number 8. However... Atlanta is not a very good team, and Le'Veon Bell proved with the Kansas City offense that he could pretty much Kansas City could do whatever they want. If they want to run the ball, they're going to run the ball. Doesn't matter who they're playing. But Le'Veon Bell had a good performance against the Saints, who have been very good against the run all season. So I believe that the Falcons are not going to be a big problem. So Le'Veon Bell, assuming edwards Hilaire is injured, is going to be a lock in your lineup.
1: And I I agree with that. And coming into the end of this season, I know that the Chiefs are still fighting for the buy spot. However, if if they're smart, they're going to take a little ease on their star players, their true star players, because why risk an injury when it's not necessary? And Le'Veon Bell would be a good guy to get a little bit of the workload coming into Week 16.
0: Yeah. And then my I decided to go with the receiver here. I decided to pick Darnell Mooney. In a game against Jacksonville, who's number 24 against the receiver. He is only 1.6% owned. I believe he can be a start this week. He could go into your lineup. And he had 12.5 points in this past week against the Vikings. He's kind of a boomer bust player. He is a risk. That's why I have him on waivers here. And I don't have him on my start. But Darnell Mooney might be a guy that if if I make it that I might have to plug into my lineup because receivers are so hard to come by. It seems like their, their points haven't been very very high in general. It's very hard to predict receivers this year. So I believe Mooney could have a pretty big game with the way the Bears are playing, with the way Jacksonville has been playing, and now Jacksonville has a shot for that number one spot. So do you think Jacksonville is going to be interested in winning? I would I would almost assume not. I believe that they should not be interested in winning as of right now, but I believe that Darnell Mooney could easily have a big game against the abysmal secondary that the Jaguars have the nerve to call a secondary.
1: <laughs> All right, a little little bit of a bash on the on the Jags, but I'll get into my waiver wire. So this man has been on fire as of late. I'm talking about Baker Mayfield, who is playing the number 30 Jets, the other, only other team that could have potentially <laughs> had the first pick.
0: Yes, who blew it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, but we're not, we're not going to talk about that tragedy there. We're gonna... I will
0: just say I feel bad for the New York fans out there the New York Jet fans out there. Well, you know what all the New York yeah, fans <laughs> yeah. out there.
1: I would agree with that. But Baker, I'm he is only thirty point five percent owned, which is kinda crazy to me, like at this point of the season that and how good he's been playing that he's only, you know, that that low. But he has actually had a fantastic last was it three weeks, I believe. He's just gone might off. It's four. might have been four, but his. It seems like they figured out their entire offense over there. They've yep. got the run game working. With Nick Chubb back too is what's helped him a lot. Yeah, so he had a good game against Jacksonville, eighteen, Tennessee, twenty-eight, Baltimore, twenty-eight. Now the Giants, he got twenty point nine eight, and it seems like his some of his better games are against the bad. Teams the bad defenses, but good matchups. And with the Jets, I don't think it's going to be any different. And they're also fighting for the playoffs, so they're going to be playing really well. They're not going to, especially seeing as what the Jets just did to the Rams, I don't think you're going to see Cleveland or Baker take them lightly in any way. So I think he's a solid guy to have. And then he is also going to be my start QB start because I am that confident in him. And then I have one other waiver wire here with Salvin Ahmed. Yep, that's a Miami a good one. running back versus the number 29 Raiders. He is a little bit more available as he is only 7% owned. But this is a guy that hasn't really seen the field too much. And with the opportunities that he's had, he is, he's done pretty well with them, I would say. He is going to be the starting running back, I believe, with... Miles Gaskin having COVID. So he should be starting there. But coming off a 20.7 point game against New England.
0: With a lot of volume in
1: that yes, game. Yes, 23 carries, 122 rushing yards, and one touchdown. So what I like about this guy is his production. So for his, he's averaging 4.6 yards attempt in the Russian category, which is a good number, that you like to have almost five, you know. And then he's also getting a few targets in the receiving game here and there. So that's obviously an, a good additional stat that you would like to have with a running back. But I like him even more coming up as he's playing Vegas, who has, just seems like they can't stop the run whatsoever.
0: Yep. And, they, and they, unlike a lot of the rookie quarterbacks, including Joe Burrow when he was playing, They don't seem to be putting a lot of volume with Tua. So they are relying more on their run game, which I believe is smarter for the team in general. And Ahmed has been reaping the benefits of that. They've been more of a rushing team, and Tua's just been a compliment since Fitzpatrick left. Well, got benched, didn't leave. But since Tua came in, they've been trying to creep him into the high high volume. They haven't just thrown him in there to throw the ball 50 times game after game like you've seen with Herbert, like you saw with Burrow. They haven't been like that. So it's not like starting a guy on one of those teams who isn't going to get a lot of volume. The Miami is more of a defensive team that will run the ball. They're more of an old-school team. So he he will get the volume. With the, the, the problem is that his efficiency might not be amazing over there with a not-great offensive line, but with the volume, he should be able to overcome... Uh, efficiency problems. Is that all you got?
1: Uh, yeah, so let's talk about Chris's real yes. quick because he I'm has... Hungry. Oh, do you want to talk or do you want me to Yeah, start? I
0: got it. I you got okay. it here. All right, so his pickup is going to be Tony Pollard. He claims... <laughs> he claims that Zeke is currently injured and Pollard looks to be the featured back to continue. He had a great performance against a tough San Fran defense with 25 points. All that is true, however... We don't know the extent of Zeke's injury. I don't know how much they're going to be playing him these coming weeks because they're well, they're still in the playoff hunt. Yeah, they are. Technically, <laughs> shouldn't be, but they are. So, you'll have to monitor Zeke on that. If Zeke's back, I would not be starting Pollard. But if he if Zeke's out, Pollard is hands down. Yes, one of the elite backups. Seems like he's been better than Zeke as of late, although they're paying Zeke a lot of money. So I would not be starting Pollard if Zeke is healthy, practiced all week. I'd be wary of that one. But if if you could pick up Pollard, I would do it and just monitor going in whether you start him or not. So I believe it's a good pickup. I agree. All right, That'll be it for the waivers. Yeah, so let's get right into start him, sit him, starting with quarterback and right. you. So what I did for the quarterbacks and running backs is I looked at the three teams, well, the one team that is guaranteed that is in the championship, and then me and the other guy, I looked at our three teams for who to start and set for quarterback and running back, just to make it a little bit more realistic for everybody out there on teams that are in the championship. So, I, this quarterback is kind of an obvious start, I would say, but... I believe he's going to be the best one on any of the playoff teams. So Tom Brady is playing Detroit number twenty-nine. He's been struggling as of late. Even in the in last week's game against the Falcons, he struggled early. He came back, didn't have an amazing performance though. And I believe this week he he's, still had a solid performance. He had what, twenty-three, something like that. Yeah. yeah, but nothing special. Like you would think against the number thirty-two Atlanta defense yeah, that he would light I him agree. up, and Definitely. he didn't. So I believe this week he's going to come back. They're going to be ready to go out of the gates, and he's going to hand it to Detroit and going to have a, a huge game. My sit is going to be surprising Ryan Tannehill, who was number twenty or who was number two with thirty something, thirty seven points, I believe it was. Yeah, thirty seven. I believe he's going to be a sit against Green Bay. Green Bay has a good secondary and a terrible run defense. That is not the recipe you want if you're Ryan Tannehill. Because if Derrick Henry can take over the game and Tannehill isn't able to throw it as well, Derrick Henry's going to take over the game. I mean, I I believe it, it could turn into uh, where they have to catch the Packers. But at the same time, I believe this is going to be mostly Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill. While he's been good, he has thrived off of the run and with against bad teams especially. And with Green Bay's defense being top 10 against the pass I believe Tannehill will struggle
1: I think you might see maybe turnovers start to occur as you haven't really seen too much from him no this season so
0: I believe AJ Brown will still have a decent week because not many people can stop him but I believe Tannehill may struggle
1: all right so I'll talk about my quarterback start we already talked about with Baker Mayfield versus the Jets so I'm not going to get into him And my QB sit is going to be a little bit more surprising, maybe not as of late, but in general, I'm not going to want to start Russell Wilson, who is playing the number one Rams defense. And I know after seeing that Jets game, you might think, well, you know, Darnold could do it against the Rams, but I don't think so. Russell Wilson just has struggled in the last three against the last three good teams that he has played one of them being the Rams where he only got 9 points against them and it just seems like that like he's struggling in general. He he he's not he started off the season just absolutely amazing. We're talking MVP candidate at the time and now you're looking at him entirely different.
0: Dropped off. That and that's that's what I've been trying to say all season with Russell Wilson. He does this he's done this now 2 years in a row. He's out of the gate He's in the MVP talks, and then he just drops off. He's not who he was at the beginning of the season. He's lackluster at best. And and everyone was saying, without a defense, how far can Seattle really go if they're only relying on their offense? Now they have, I mean, what do they have to rely on now? They, they look like just a poor team as of late.
1: Not only that, I'm not sure exactly... The health of DK. No, it looked like it's a bad worked. injury it did. this past weekend. It did. Absolutely. It was pretty gross. I hope he has a speedy recovery. I hope it's not that bad of an injury, but I'm, I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for, and that's only going to hurt Russell Wilson. Yep. That's all I had for quarterbacks, right, and you got so, Chris's?
0: Yep. So for Chris, his start is going to be Jalen Hurts. We'll have more on him later, but he had a great game last week. And Chris believes he will tear the number twenty one Cowboys apart. I agree. I also agree. The his sit is gonna be Phillip Rivers. He's got a bad matchup against the number two Pittsburgh. I don't know if that number two is right. Could be. But I believe they were worse against the pass. But he didn't do very very great last week either. He didn't have a bad game, but he didn't he didn't have anything special, I don't believe. So I, I agree with that against Pittsburgh Philip Rivers may struggle. I believe it was mostly the rushing the running game that got the Colts yeah as far Jon- as they
1: did. Jonathan Taylor has been playing pretty well the last few weeks anyways, so you might see Philip Rivers, you know, maybe not throw have a high volume of throwing with that being the case.
0: But against Pittsburgh, I believe he is going to have a high volume. You think so? Yes, he's going to have to. They're not going to be able to run the ball. Pittsburgh is number one against the run.
1: Pittsburgh is number two against quarterbacks. Okay, so they're number 16 so against correct.
0: receivers, and yeah, number and two against quarterbacks. I, so it is a tough matchup for him. I, I wouldn't I be starting would. Phillip Rivers in my championship round. No, I, I I
1: say he's a sit. Yep. Definitely. He hasn't gotten more than 20 points uh, since week 11. Yeah, Ends Green Bay.
0: So, it's it's tough, but I would not be starting Philip Rivers. I'd I'd look for a guy like Jalen Hurts. I'd look for Baker. I mean, yeah, Baker's on a lot of waiver wires. I'd start Baker 100 percent over Philip Rivers. So yeah, I, I agree. Then we'll get into running backs. My running back start a guy I've been harping on a little bit the past few weeks, but David Montgomery for the for our hometown Chicago Bears. He's been playing fantastically since they switched their play calling and since they've been playing some bad teams. (laughs) Yeah, which we called. We called that he was going to do good. He's had four weeks with 20-plus points now, four weeks straight. Wow, 20-plus fantasy points. And he's playing Jacksonville number 30 against the run. Like I said, how hard are they going to be trying when they could get Trevor Lawrence? I mean, no week is a gimme, but... Also, there is an injury to Cordell Patterson, who was take. We've talked about a lot on this podcast that we were frustrated with. Cordell Patterson got hurt in this past game, and while he he is still going to be active for the game, he may not see a lot of rushing attempts. He I heard that he will be still be returning kicks and everything, but they might not want to risk him. They've been bringing some running backs in for depth. They've been. Interviewing some running backs to possibly bring in. I believe Cordell Patterson might be done in that running back slot, or at least limited. So Montgomery has a great opportunity once again to get 20 plus points. He they've been giving him the volume finally. So I believe David Montgomery is an easy start, and he's gonna be he's on my team, so he will be in my lineup, but he should be in yours too. My sit is gonna be Jonathan Taylor. So this goes wow. along the lines with just the matchup. Pittsburgh is number 1 against the run and Jonathan Taylor has struggled in weeks in certain weeks to get to get anything done. He did have 15 points last week, but he played Houston who's number 31, so 15 isn't all that spectacular for playing such a bad defense. And John, like I said, Jonathan Taylor has struggled throughout the season at certain points. I don't I don't know if it's only against bad teams, but
1: yeah, so I'm looking at him and Basically, his entire schedule has been green, and he's had two tough matchups at the beginning of the season, and he underperformed.
0: Yeah. So, so I would agree. Yep, Jonathan Taylor against a very good Pittsburgh team is Pittsburgh defense. He's going to be a tough start. And the Colts are
1: fighting for the playoffs as well, trying to beat out Tennessee, so they will be doing whatever they can to win, yep. which will probably be through the air.
0: I believe that's going to be more of a low-scoring game. I agree. In general, so that's all I got.
1: All right, for my running backs, my start we already talked about the Miami running back Salvin Ahmed. So I'll get into my running back sit. So my running back sit is Frank Gore. I hate to say it, I love the man,
0: but <laughs> I also love the man. But he's he's, he's timeless.
1: Yeah, he is. He absolutely is. But he's playing the number seven Browns and the the main reason i'm saying his name on here is because not that he's had a fantastic season but he just came off of a good game and i believe it was more of a fluke game than anything. He's did anybody expect the jets to put up a win let alone touchdowns against <laughs> no, the rams?
0: Not at all. So i don't even believe the rams expected that and they overlooked them that's why.
1: Yeah, so he ended up with 12.5 points. With a very high volume of 23 carries, but he only ended up with 59 rushing yards with one touchdown, one rushing touchdown. So that was a very high volume, but 23 carries for 59 yards. Not good. (laughs) Not good at all. Only caught one pass for six yards. I think that was just a fluke game for the Jets and a fluke game for Frank Gore.
0: Yep. And the and like like you just said, the only reason he did anything was because of the touchdown.
1: Exactly. And if you're looking at him like you want to start him, I wouldn't. They're, the nope. Jets are not a winning team. They're yep. not a scoring team.
0: There's other guys that you could start instead of him. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Ahmed, I would put, as long as Ronald Jones is still on the COVID list, I would put Fournette in there. Mm-hmm. There's, there's multiple people you could pick up. Le'Veon Bell, I believe, yep. is a guy you would start over him for sure. Definitely. So he, he's a guy that you most likely can throw to your bench and put somebody else in there. Definitely. Love you, Frank Gore. Yep. What does Chris got? Chris has Tony Pollard versus the number 11 Philadelphia defense. He had a huge week and will continue to be explosive. This is a quote, in all in quotes, by the way was a huge part of the Cowboys' of the Cowboys' win over San Fran with two touchdowns and over 130 total yards. And I agree, like we said before, as long as Zeke isn't in. If Zeke is in, I'm not starting Pollard. Yes. His sit is going to be Todd Gurley. He is a good matchup, but hasn't been doing jack shit the last few weeks. <laughs> not who you want to start in the finals, is what Chris says. And I agree, Todd Gurley, I mm-hmm. have... Oh, once again, that was all in quotes. So I, that was not. That was Chris talking through me. So I'm not the one that actually swore. But shame on you, Chris. <laughs> but yeah, Todd Gurley, as, as I predicted earlier, he's dropped off in the second half. He's been fluky because he had touchdowns at the beginning of the season. That's why he was ranked number six or five or whatever he was. And he's really dropped off, partly because of an injury, partly because of matchups, and. They're they're just they're a throwing offense. They're not a rushing offense, and they're not good at all. They're playing for nothing. Todd Gurley is, I believe, on in the back half of his career, and even though he's got a decent matchup, I he didn't put who his matchup was, but it's not gonna it's not gonna work out for number you. Number two,
1: Kansas. Oh, Kansas City. I don't know what no, uh, number they are for running backs,
0: but yeah, so they're probably okay Kansas against. They're not very good against the run. Yeah. I don't think they were bad though. So, they
1: weren't like awful.
0: Well, then I don't know what uh <laughs> what he's putting in here then. But let's get into receivers. My wide receiver start is going to be Jarvis Landry. He has been the most targeted receiver except for maybe some of the tight ends by Baker Mayfield. He's been a big recipient of these big games that Baker's been posting. And need I say more after this? He's playing the Jets. <laughs> Number 26 against the run. He gets a lot of targets. He's very efficient. He's caught a lot of touchdowns in recent weeks. Watching the game, you could see that Baker is not eyeing him down or forcing it like he was to Odell. But he still spreads the ball around, but he's looking for... Jarvis his go-to guy right now. He can trust Jarvis. He's the number one recipient, like I said.
1: And to back that up, I want to say I was watching the game. There was the touchdown that he did catch. There was
0: two receivers...
1: That could have potentially had a catch there. One of them was absolutely wide open. Not a
0: not yep. a man within that was David a and yeah running not, right through the front of the end zone, not a, wide open. Yeah, not
1: not a man within a mile of him. And Baker forced one. I would say that shouldn't have been forced to Landry. Yeah, like you said, for he, the touchdown. yeah for the touchdown. It was a great catch. It was turned out to be like a, a good green, throw yeah, for the situation. Throw. But I think what it has to do with. Is, yeah, you say he's the number one target over there. He's Baker's favorite. Yeah. I think it has to do with that.
0: So I believe that one, Baker would have taken the easy option, but I don't believe he saw him. He came out he snuck out a little later than Landry did. And I believe Baker already made it made his mind up in that, but let's not get too into that. But Jarvis Landry has been fantastic over recent weeks. And he's gonna be he's gonna be on, on the start list here for me especially with the way the Browns have been playing, the Browns offense specifically, with the play-action offense has been working for them. My, I have two sits this week. It's going to be Zach Pascal. So this is the third Colt you're going to see so far for the sit list. And they're playing Pittsburgh, like I said. They're number 15 against receivers. However, Pascal, this was his best performance of the of the year. He had five receptions on six targets for 79 yards and two touchdowns. So a big game for him, I believe. The focus mostly went to T.Y. Hilton and that left Pascal wide open because Hilton's been playing better as of late. That was his highest point total of the season. You're not gonna see that this week, especially against Pittsburgh. So he's gonna be in, he's not gonna be in your lineup. I My agree. second one is gonna be Kendrick Bourne. Same kind of way. He's against Arizona, who's number twenty two, so a decent matchup. However, he, only had, he had four targets and four receptions. He had the touchdown, but it was about a 50-yard touchdown, a Hail Mary in garbage time through four defenders that he luckily caught somehow. Other than that, he did nothing throughout the game. That's not what you want to see. Kendrick Bourne, is that was, again, his highest point total of the season. You're not going to want him in your lineup.
1: All right. My receiver start and my receiver sit is the same man. And this is a little bit confusing, but I'm going to talk about it. I'm talking about Russell Gage. So, I this is the reason I put him in start and sit is because how highly I feel about him right now. So, I say it entirely depends on whether Julio is going to be playing or not. So, Julio has been sitting out with a hamstring injury. I believe two games in a row now. And I'm what I'm. Why I'm saying this is because Russell Gage. Every, it's a direct correlation of every time Julio sits out, he Russell Gage has a better game. And if you look at it, so I'm just quickly going into his real stress. quick. I'll
0: give a quick shout out. This is Max's guy. We miss you, buddy. Good luck in your future there, Russell Gage. Turned out to be what you said when Julio's not in, like Andrew's saying. Yes. Yeah, so good call. Julio
1: is getting. When he plays, he is getting a ton of targets. I believe the average was around 8 or 9 targets per game. And that, like I said, direct correlation. Russell Gage is going down when Julio plays. But he has put up three pretty good weeks in a row now against some tougher teams. So New Orleans, he put up 11. The Chargers, who is the number 6 receiver defense, had 13.76. And then against Tampa, 12.8. So I think, I here's something about Julio, I don't know exactly how relevant this is going to be, but it says that Julio got a platelet-rich plasma injection to speed up recovery and is looking to play the last two weeks. So... He is going to be very questionable. I don't know exact the science behind a platelet-rich plasma injection, so I can't um, no, say for sure. I, I can't sure.
0: say that I've ever heard of that in my I life, to I. be honest with you. So I'm not
1: exactly sure if that's going to be you know something like steroids where he's just going to come <laughs> back and be great, but I believe Russell Gage is going to be either on your bench or in your lineup entirely depending on whether Julio and his plasma uh, platelet rich plasma <laughs> injection. Hamstring will be playing.
0: <laughs> Got to read that every time. Yes, <laughs> it's not something that rolls off the tongue. No. <laughs> All right. So that's both, both for you. Yes. For Chris, his start is going to be Marvin Jones of the Detroit Lions. Uh, and I will start the quote here. Been playing pretty consistently as of late, with the exception of one poor game. Has a good matchup versus the Bucks. While. I don't know how good of a matchup that is. It's not it's I'd say it's about middle of the pack, but I, I believe they don't have a great secondary. And we just saw the Falcons have success early on against them. I, I agree with that one. I believe Mar- without Galladay, Marvin Jones is a number one receiver on a high passing volume offense. So if you can get Marvin Jones in your lineup, I believe it's a good start with receivers being so thin and not getting enough points lately I believe Marvin Jones has enough volume to make it to make it work. What do you think about Marvin Jones?
1: I think they don't really have many options over there. I think he's <laughs> I one of the only the only guys you hear being called. And
0: and I believe Stafford's pretty good too. He he could throw the can, ball.
1: If if Stafford has confidence he will throw well and Marvin Jones seems like he's been playing really well. I just don't think the Bucks are that good of a matchup to have. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe they have been really bad lately. But I think that would be a tougher one to be a start if you have other options.
0: I I don't think you're gonna have very many other options here. Just maybe receivers. If, maybe you're a
1: waiver, but I mean, well, even then, I feel like he's owned in a lot. But if yeah. you're if you're thin on on receivers, I think he has one of the best chances to do well.
0: Yeah, I think that it's gonna take somebody pretty consistent throughout the season to start over Marvin Jones. I think Marvin Jones for most teams will be set in your lineup probably wide receiver 2 before you before you even flex. Yeah. Because th- the Bucks, they're like I said, they're about middle of the pack. Their secondary is not very good. They've gotten lit up many times this season and last season. They have a very good front seven. That's where their strength on their defenses, so... I would say... I think it's a pretty good matchup.
1: I would say you could throw him in as a flex, or like you said, maybe a wide receiver, too, if you need it. I think he's not going to light up the scoreboard, but maybe a... No,
0: solid 12 points, I would say.
1: somewhere around there, which is a a good performance for a receiver.
0: And then his sit is going to be our fourth Colt, T.Y. Hilton. The Steelers will keep him to a minimum, says Chris. So... I don't know about this one, T. Y. Hilton. He had four very good games in a row, and then he just had a dud this past game. Not a dud, but nothing. Not a good game. Pretty bad game against uh, who? Did they just play the Colts, or no? They are the Colts. They just played. <laughs> <laughs> they just played Houston, I believe it was.
1: Yes, it was.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I don't know, T. Y. Hilton. This is a tough matchup, but. I think T.Y. Hilton might be a guy you could throw in your lineup here.
1: Pittsburgh is number fifteen. Yes, against the pa- or against the receivers. Sorry. So
0: again, for I believe this might be a good sit then because all of T.Y. Hilton's good games have been against poor teams, good matchups. Yeah. So he he's been hitting his stride as of late, but he's the, I don't know if I'd trust him for a championship game, and I, I haven't have him on my team. And luckily, I, I I uh I scored a lot of points in spite of him, but <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know if I'll be starting T Y Hilton in, in uh, if I make it to the championship. So
1: Chris, good picks. Yep, I agree. Not
0: too much to shit on for him, so yeah, not it's bad, not bad. We could we've seen better, but <laughs> not not a terrible not a terrible performance. All right. So, are we just getting right into our debate then? Yes. Let's give the folks a quick talk. Go ahead, Tom. Tell, tell them about our debate. So, for
1: this debate, we are talking about matchups versus player.
0: Yes, and we have one specific example in a very on a re- very relevant topic for me. So, you want to keep explaining it, no, you gotta, or you right. so basically. We're trying to decide, do you stick with the guy that you've been going all year long with who or most of the year who's been good for you, or do you go with the guy who's got a better matchup?
1: Matchup and, yeah, like hot hand kind yep, of guy. Yep, hot
0: hand matchup. So our example is going to be Justin Herbert. I have Justin Herbert. He's been playing very well all season. He's had two sluggish games, and then he, he picked it back up last week and he's got a decent matchup again in this week, or do you go with a guy who's on the waivers? So I have an option to, to either start Herbert, or I could pick up Jalen Hurts, who had 33 points last week, who's more of an unknown commodity, but he's got a good, a very good matchup, I believe. Dallas. He's, yeah, Number he's got 20. Dallas, so a very good matchup. So this is Chris's start of the week. And do I, do I stick with the guy who got me here, or do I stick with... Or do I go out on a limb and pick up a guy who's more of an unproven commodity? And I'm going to argue the point that you got to stick with your guy. You got to stick with the guy who got you there, who's more of a safe option, who's going to, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But I I think, I don't think you can bench a guy like Herbert here in the biggest platform of your fantasy, of your fantasy year. When he's got he has a decent matchup. But Denver has been okay with shutting teams down in certain points, but I believe that you're gonna have to stick with Herbert in this one.
1: Okay, so for me, if we're talking about this specific example, it's a little bit different for other players since Herbert does have a good matchup. Yep. So if we're talking about another player who has a a tough matchup I think you have to go with a guy who has an easier matchup. He has a better chance of doing well, unless it's someone who has just done crazy good against good, bad, you know, someone like that. But if you're talking about, like, a, a good player playing a good team, I think you got to go with a matchup. I think it's going to be better for your team. But I want to talk specifically about Jalen Hurts versus Herbert because I want to convince you to make the switch because I would like to see it win. This season, but let's get right into Jalen Hurts, specifically because he has done really well with the two opportunities that he's had as a starter. So his very first matchup as a starter came against the New Orleans Saints, and I don't remember exactly what the score was of that game, but I'm looking at some alright stats for an unproven rookie quarterback so we got 19.28 against the number six defense against quarterbacks and he only threw for 167 yards however he had one passing touchdown but here is where he has been much more known he had 106 rushing yards off of 18 attempts against a very good run stopping defense as well And then you look at the second week that he started against a bad defense, the number 20 Arizona Cardinals, and he put up a whopping 33.82 points, having a much better game in the air with 338 yards, three touchdowns, with an additional 63 rushing yards off of 11 temps and an added rushing touchdown. This guy, clearly nobody knows what he's all about. They can't seem to stop him and he's playing an even worse defense. He has gotten better as he has moved on throughout these two games and he's just playing a worse team, a worse team than the last one. So how can you not go with this
0: guy? Is my my question to you. All right. Well, the problem is is that Herbert specifically in this one, Herbert has been so consistent, so good throughout the season. And he's proven, he's proven to me as his fantasy owner, he's proven to the Chargers and he's proven time after time that he has what it takes and they give him the volume. That's a big thing for me. If Philadelphia, Philadelphia could always just start running the ball. Now, the thing about Hertz is that the only, the only reason I'm even considering this is because Hertz does pick up a lot of rushing yards. Herbert does not pick up a lot of rushing yards for the most part. He had four rushes for 14 yards, but with a touchdown this past week against the Raiders. And that really kind of padded his stats, and Herbert has been down a little bit. So I see where you're coming from, but Herbert has just been so good throughout the season. I mean, he had, if he had a hard matchup, I would most likely throw Hurts in there or pick up Hurts and throw him in there if I could. But because of Herbert's matchup, I don't think I can make the switch. He's had blow-up games in the past against a very bad Jacksonville team. He had 38 points, like I've argued in the past. He's had points even against New Orleans, who was number 6. He had 27 points. He had 27 against the Jets. You see, he has the potential to blow blow up big games, and he's done it now. I don't believe... I don't believe Hurts is just going to keep getting these big numbers. So someone's going to figure him out. And while it might not be the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> it's
1: not going to be it. It's definitely Dallas not going looked
0: to be a it. lot better last week. And I don't know what you can attribute that to, but they're still in the hunt for a playoff spot. Denver is not. And while the while the Eagles are and the Chargers are not, I believe the opponent itself is going to force me to leave Herbert in there even though Hurts has the rushing on paper, Hertz is probably the way to go. But with the gut feeling, stick with your guns. I don't I don't think you can make that switch in the championship round to a guy who's played two games now.
1: All right. Well, what did he get? Remind me what Herbert got last time he played Denver. It was twenty three or twenty two? Twenty
0: two point two two. Twenty
1: two. That's a solid number. That's not a number I wanna see if I want to win a championship game. I'm going to want a much higher number than that. And I believe Jalen Hurts is going to do that. I think being that he can run, he's gotten double-digit rushing attempts in both of the games he's had, that's just going to put him up so much higher than any any other quarterback. That's just how it is. The rushing quarterbacks always do good in fantasy.
0: So for me, this is going to be a big big part of this debate here for me. I am going to be checking. I will most likely try to pick Hurts up and make the decision later in the week but I am going to be checking the status of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams there is that has been the results the re- these past few results have been because they've had injuries with Keenan Allen he's had harder time he hasn't thrown as many touchdowns or yards because both those guys have been out Keenan Allen played last week but he looked horrible out there and he eventually sat took a seat on the bench With these other guys, Herbert is not effective as much. If he's got his weapons in there, I think I'm going to stick with Herbert. But if he doesn't, I'm I'm most likely going to make the switch. Although I still feel like I could regret that with Denver as the number 24 and just how bad they've looked. I see it. Even,
1: Even that, you never know when somebody, one of those guys, especially if they're being injured all the time, if they're going to get injured during the game, and then you're going to see Herbert drop off. I'm talking Jalen Hurts. Who is he throwing to? <laughs> a couple of garbage cans wearing cleats. That's who he's <laughs> throwing to, all right? And he's putting up these good numbers. He Seriously, who, who's on that team? Goddard? Goddard's the only...
0: And who did he play last week? Arizona? They have not been known as a good defense. But
1: that's the thing. He's running, too. That that puts an edge over so much. But also,
0: Arizona's been one of the worst against scrambling quarterbacks. They, I read that stat... That they have they have either been the worst or the second worst against scrambling quarterbacks. Yeah, but
1: that's not where he put up most of his stats. He put up sixty three yards on touchdown. Obviously, that's a good stat line right there. But he put up one hundred. Yeah, that's twelve points right there. Okay, but he got what thirty three. Yeah, that's still a huge. He that's almost
0: up... half of his points. It's close to half.
1: Not really. Tw- you said twelve.
0: Yeah. That's not. That's like twelve point three. That's
1: like a third of his
0: points. No, it's not a third.
1: Almost. That's three points off from a third. But anyways, he put up three hundred thirty eight uh, passing yards and three touchdowns. That's the rushing is just an added bonus to that. He still would have had a really good week without that, and it it that doesn't matter to me. He is thrown. He has nobody really good on that team. And you're saying you're telling me that Herbert's completely depend well not completely but he is dependent on having a good game w- only if his top guys are in there and if they're playing well if they're not injured and he's you know gonna be more risky based off of that I like hurts who it doesn't matter clearly who is playing for but him but I th- th- I think do it does well.
0: matter because he had 19 the week before that in his first game also against a good team but I think it does matter because. How can you put a guy in who has no weapons? I mean, he he did well, like I said, against Arizona, who's been not a good defense in general, but especially not against scrambling quarterbacks. And how are, how are you going to recommend to put in a guy who doesn't have any weapons over a guy who does have weapons? Assuming his guys are healthy, I'm probably going to go with Herbert.
1: Because of just how explosive this guy is. He's coming into the league, and he's unknown... I mean, obviously people know his name and know what he's done these last two weeks, but that's about it. They don't know this guy. They know Herbert is going to be pass-heavy. They Teams can plan a little bit. Maybe not Denver is going to be all that great, but I, I'm not saying Herbert's going to have a bad week by any means, and I think you could see him put up 22 again or maybe even more, 24, 25. I'm just saying. I think Hurts is just gonna have an explosive week again against a worse defense than he just played against a, against the quarterbacks. I don't see how, you know, if you if you really want an ex, like a guest, but like semi sure explosive performance, it's gonna be this guy. Yeah, you can almost guarantee that he's gonna do good.
0: But I believe Herbert, with his weapons, has the higher higher ceiling. Just because of how I mean his highest game, like I, <coughs> excuse me. Like I said, is Jacksonville, who's got where he got 38 points. He can have those super huge games. And he does have the rushing baseline too. While he, he he doesn't have as much in this short sample size as Hertz per game, he still he loads on the points with the rushing yards too. If I could get the stats here. I believe he, he has 200 rushing yards with four touchdowns. On that entire rushing. season? Yep, and he didn't play one week the first week. Okay, and we are
1: looking at Jalen Hurts, who...
0: Oh, and he averages 4.4 4 yards a carry.
1: Who already has 254 on the season. In two games, yeah. Well, yeah, well, well like a... it's counting a few other okay. games, but... It doesn't tell me his uh, average. Oh yeah, it does sorry. Five point five, but that's including
0: some of the games where he wasn't a starter. And yeah. You're gonna see that go way up. So, while he does, while Hertz does have the advantage there, I believe Herbert has the advantage of volume for sure. Receivers for sure, and definitely not coaching. I will say that he doesn't have the coaching aspect. I, I can't. Of it. I,
1: uh, sorry, not to <laughs> interrupt, but I'm gonna have to. With volume. Well, let, let, let me hear some of the volume stats because Jalen Hurts also has some. You're
0: gonna crazy be good you're gonna be pretty surprised by this volume All right, here. let's let's see. It. So I'll, I'll give you his attempts from uh, this past game. wasn't a lot of attempts, only 32. But before that, 44, 53, 52, 49, 32, 42, 43, 43. That was the second half of the season there. All in the 40s for his passing attempts.
1: Okay, so just to give Couple you an 50s. example, if you're thinking Jalen Hurts can only run the ball, he had his first start against the Saints. He had 30 attempts, which is a lot for a rookie just playing against a good or again yeah against a good team for his first start. And then against Arizona, he had 44 attempts. So his volume is up there too. Yes, Herbert's going to be higher, and Herbert has had a bigger sample size, but. Regardless, Hurts is throwing a lot, and he's also running a lot. Like I said, both of his starts having double digits for run rushing attempts, and the passing is there. He's he's completed seventeen of thirty for his first game, and twenty four of forty four. Not the greatest percentage there, but still having three hundred and thirty eight passing yards and three touchdowns. I think, I think if you want this win really badly, you gotta go Hurts.
0: So here's the question I have for you then. Do you think that the Eagles are going to be losing this game
1: against Dallas?
0: Yes. No. So they're. I mean, I believe that's, the
1: other, that's. Sorry, really quickly. That I think that's another thing that sets Hertz over Herbert is Herbert's playing for Rookie of the Season, which I think he's most likely already has in the bag. But Hertz is playing for as a rookie a playoff spot. That's insane. He's going to be performing. He's going to be playing with such intensity more than Herbert will be
0: yes well I don't know about that one I believe Herbert plays he has something to prove just like Hertz does but I if the Eagles are winning that game his volume is not gonna be very high they've been losing these past two games that's why his volume has been so high they're gonna they're they're a smart coach they're gonna run the ball when they need to and I believe Hertz will benefit from that in a way by running he'll, he'll be part of that rushing attack but I believe this game against Denver is actually going to be a decent game. And there's going to be a lot of throwing to be had for Herbert. So I believe this game specifically, the volume is going to be way more in Herbert's favor. Last time, he threw it 43 times against Denver. I don't know if they won or lost that game. They probably lost. They've lost most so. games.
1: I would assume so. And Sorry, I also want to bring up the other game that Hurts kind of half played in and that was the week before New Orleans against Green Bay, who was the number nine team. He had five completions off of 12 attempts, not the greatest stat there, but for 109 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty crazy. Only having five completions for 109 yards and a touchdown with an included five rushes for 29 yards, those are still really good numbers that I like to see and it doesn't seem like this guy at this point is unproven in any way and i think being like i said being that not too many teams know him know what he's about it's going to set the
0: advantage over herbert well i'm like i said i'm going to have to play it by ear i'm going to if it, it when it comes down to it i'm going to stick with my guy when if he has his guys that he's had all season. If he does not have his guys, then I would consider something along those lines. But I don't know. I It's going to be a tough one for me.
1: I think that's the wrong decision, but I mean, hey, you're going to
0: do what you're going to do. To each his own.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. But for the last real episode that we had.
0: Yep. We'll see you next week we to give will. you uh a quick analysis for those Week 17ers out there. Idiots. <laughs> and we will give you a, a better look at our schedule coming up for the offseason and when to tune back in. But that's going to be it for us for today. If you're in that championship, good luck. And go Bears. <laughs> but here we'll see, we'll see you later. Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at FFDebaters. Chris should be back next week. Thank you for tuning in. Questions, concerns, whatever you might have, debate topics, anything you got for us, let us know. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Tell tell your friends. <laughs> all of the above. We'll take <laughs> all of D, it. All the above. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. We've been the Fantasy Football Debaters. See you later.